Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Number number 10. Uh, well, let's start in verse number 8. Hebrews 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham. When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obey. And he went out not knowing whither he went. Now that's faith. If you've got it figured out and you know what the next thing's going to be, you're walking by what you see, by sight. You walk by faith, you don't know the end. God's got, God's got a plan for you. That's the faith wall. Uh, it says, verse 9, by faith. Faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And here's what it says. For he looked for a city with hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham, by faith, believed that God was going to promise, that God promised him something that Abraham in himself could not do. That's faith. He's an example for us. And what God was promising Abraham, he believed, he believed God that it wasn't of this world. That's faith. Go down to verse uh, let's see the next uh, the next verse number eleven. Through faith, also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Look, we 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 know that men and women come to an age where they're past the years of giving. Uh, children are out of the question because of age, right? What happened here? God promised something and God keeps his promise. We don't have to worry about keeping our promise. Matter of fact, when we make them, we break them. God promises you and I eternal life, whosoever would believe. Well, Lord, I can't figure that out. He's not asking you to figure out every single doctrine around you. He just wants you to believe by faith. Abraham and, Abraham and Sarah, by faith, by faith, by faith. Uh, look at verse number 12. Therefore, sprang there even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Did God promise Abraham and his seed land? You know what the seed of Abraham were from? Not 
the physical land seed. We're the by faith seed. So that means we've got a promised land that's not physical, but is heavenly and is spiritual. That's the seed of Abraham that we're part of. And you know how that comes? By faith. Comes by faith. Verse 17, watch what it says. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Now, as you get Genesis 22, let's look at this verse. Man, oh, man. Genesis 22, verse number 8. And Abraham said, well, let's read verse number 7. Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Watch the response. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. And you know what God did? God provided himself. It's not God himself will provide the lamb. It's not God will provide for himself the lamb. It's that God will provide himself. And that's what he did. He provided himself in the form of Jesus Christ. In, 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 in earth, in, in fleshly form, in human form, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, came down. And he was. You know who was looking forward to the cross back in Genesis 22? God. You think Abraham had all that figured out? He's speaking and something prophetic is being said about the Lord Jesus Christ. God, verse number eight, will provide himself a lamb. And he did. The lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the Lord. Don't miss Genesis 22, verse 8. God provided himself. Because your sacrifice wouldn't be sufficient. Your good works, my good works wouldn't be sufficient. But God himself is wholly sufficient. He's the only one that can take away sin. Now that's a blessing to all nations, isn't it? All nations. For God so loved the world that he gave. Praise the Lord. Abraham's faith looked only to God for solutions. Now we're not talking about his mistakes tonight. We're talking about his by faith. And God imputed his righteousness to Abraham. Okay, so we got that. Romans 4. Let's get that chapter. Go through some things in Rome. And our example tonight is Abraham. 
Bible says in verse number one, what shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. So where could Abraham glory? Because there is a such thing as justification by works. Where could Abraham glory? If Abraham were justified by works, you know where he could glory? Before man. You know where he couldn't glory? Before God. And we've got to get that. Salvation, your soul, my soul, is saved by faith. And we are justified before God by faith. We're not justified by God by our works. That might impress man. It doesn't impress God. Verse number three. For what saith the scripture? Abraham did a lot of good works. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. Abraham knew the law. No, he didn't have the law. Hmm, that can't be. Abraham believed God. Pretty simple, isn't it? He had some truth revealed to him from God. And Abraham, by faith, believed what God said. And that's what we're asking people to do today when we witness to them. Look at verse number four. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, who can do that? God. His faith is counted for righteousness. Abraham is our Old Testament example. What's the example? Just believe what God said by faith. And that's what we're asking people to do. Verse number six. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputeth righteousness, here it is without works, saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. We're going to get into David at another lesson and talking about the covering of sins at another lesson. So verse number eight, we'll move on. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. I'll say this about the blessing for tonight. The blessing comes from where? Heaven. From who? God. God. And it's important to say this. Blessings from God is a clear contrast to cursings. If it's not cursings, it's blessings. We know that uh, the curse was a result of the fall. But what did God curse? God cursed the serpent. And God cursed the ground. Yeah, but women are they're gonna be they're gonna suffer in childbirth. Yeah, but you know what God said? I'm gonna be there with you. Men are gonna work, they're gonna get tired, they're gonna get worn out, thorns, thistles, all that. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt. But God said, I'm gonna be there with you. The ground was cursed, but God was there and said, Look, 
I am going to be with you and your family, and I'm going to help you. You want help, I'm there. God didn't tell Adam in the all families uh, of, of, of the earth are going to be uh, are going to be cursed. No, he cursed the ground and he cursed the serpent. Because if you run that thing to the end, where's the blessing truly found? Not in the first Adam, but in the second, the last. That's right. Go to 1 Corinthians 15. Look at that. It's a good spot to go to now. 1 Corinthians 15. Watch where, what we see here. 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 22. The Bible says, for as in Adam all die. Even so in Christ shall be made alive. First Adam, second Adam, first Adam, last Adam. We are all in Adam. And we're going to die because of that. Because the wages of sin is death. By one man, sin entered in, into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men for all have sin. But in Christ, you can be made alive. You will not find life in anything else. It won't be in church membership. It won't be in religion. It won't be in a denomination. It won't be in good works. It won't be in family lineage. It won't be in all of the wealth you've been able to accumulate down here and help with all the humanitarian projects. In Christ alone. Verse 45. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Watch what it says. And so it is written. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, here it is, was made a quickening spirit. You are made alive. The Bible says that the spirit will quicken you. And quickening doesn't, yes, it means to make alive. But more specifically, that word means to not only make alive, but to make alive so you will never die again. You're quickened by the spirit. Now, understanding that really helps you to get an idea of your assurance of your salvation. The Spirit quickens you. You can't unquicken the, the, the Spirit's quickening. You can't lose something that the Holy Spirit said. You're, I quickened you. I made you alive so you'll never die again. But I think I've done some things where it might cause me to lose it. Yeah, you probably do think that. Maybe some of your friends and family and folks that know you real well probably think that about you too. But the Holy Spirit doesn't. The Holy Spirit made you alive and lives within you. Quickening spirit. The first man, verse 47, is of the earth, earthy, that's Adam. The second man is the Lord from heaven. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, 
when you are witnessing to someone outside of the four walls of the church house, you are, your eyes are beholding the image of the earthy, Adam. And we're trying to get them to realize, verse number 49, we shall also bear the image of the heaven. What do we bear now? The image of God. We bear the image of Christ. Now, not fully, because Philippians 3 says, what's going to happen to our vile bodies? They're going to be changed. Not happening now, but that will occur. Our vile bodies will be changed, and it will be fashioned like unto his glorious body. So praise the Lord for that. You don't have to turn back, but in Genesis 12, it, God says, uh, pertaining to Abraham, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them, curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. The blessing comes from God. Abraham believed God by faith. He is our example. So our blessings come from God, right? Not by faith and works. If Abraham is our example, people say, well, in the Old Testament, it was salvation by faith and works. No, Abraham is our example. If he is our example by faith in Romans 4, and, he's and we are justified for God by faith alone. It has to be by faith and only by faith. Well, you might as well throw Romans 4 completely out of the Bible. Go back to Romans 4. Look at a couple of more verses. Romans 4. All right, look at verse number 9. Bible says, come at this blessedness then upon the circumcision only or upon the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. I know this is a deep, I, I, I know it's a deep Bible study tonight. So I'm going to ask you to look at verse number nine. Look at it. It doesn't say, look at the end of the verse. It doesn't say was reckoned because Abraham did righteous deeds. It does not say that. It says we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham. For righteousness. God imputed his righteousness to Abraham. God will impute his righteousness to you and I. We don't bring our righteous deeds to God. He imputes his righteousness to us. Verse 10. How was it then reckoned? When he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Not in circumcision. But in uncircumcision 
because circumcision doesn't merit you righteousness. You need a circumcision made without hands. Wasn't circumcision part of the works to kind of help? No. It was for something, but it wasn't for that. Because if Abraham is our example and it's by faith, you know what the problem is? If circumcision is going to merit us any type of righteousness, if Abraham's our example from the Old Testament, you know what that means for women today in the New Testament? They can't be saved if circumcision merited any righteousness. There's a circumcision made without hands. And all of us, men, women, Jew, Gentile, it doesn't matter what your demonation is. <laughs> what matters is by faith you come to God and he'll save you by his grace. Abraham's our Old Testament pattern. Believe God. Believe God. Look at verse number. Uh, let's go down to verse 12. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only, touch it, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Couldn't have been from the law because the law came after Abraham. God's blessings. It's not a reward earned for good works. It's not a salvation that's securely kept by your good works. By faith. And God said he'll save you by his grace. And he'll quicken you. He'll quicken you. Okay. You, you, I mean, you could say to a lost person, are you ready to believe? God. And if they're not, look, they can be saved, but when they're thinking like that, they're not going to be saved. Are you ready to believe God in His Word? You show them God is in the Bible. They're going to have to come to God the same way everybody comes to God by faith. And back in Genesis 1, God blessed them. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. When you see, um, look at verse, do you see verse 13 where it says, heir of the world? That's a blessing God gave by faith. When Adam got dominion, who gave him that dominion? God. That's a blessing that Adam received from God. Did that Has that blessing gone away? Have you ever drove around and seen any farms around here where the livestock has the, the, the human family in a cage? No, you're not going to find that. Why? 
because God blessed man to have dominion. That's a blessing that Adam received from God. He said, look, I'm going to bless you. You're going to have dominion over all of this. Now, we all know that he relinquished some of that control, and now we have a power of the air that's in control of this world system. But, but, but that's a blessing that Adam received. Praise the Lord. But when you see Romans 4, verse number 13, that he should be the heir of the world, what is that? Well, look, that's a new world order that you and I can get excited about. You know what that heir of the world is? That is the believing seed of Abraham. The believing seed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jews want to boast that they have Abraham as their father. You're not going to have heirship by the law. Trying to keep the law. It's only going to come by faith. Abraham believed the Lord and counted him for righteousness. Look at verse 14, Romans 4, 14. For in they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void. Go ahead, try to do it by the law. Your faith is nothing. And the promises and the promise made of none effect. You can't mix the two. Why? Verse 15, because the law worketh wrath. For where no law is, there is no transgression. Look, the law made nothing perfect. We know that. We did lessons on that. It could not save. Abraham lived before the law was given. So how were they saved? How can you say by be, be saved by faith and law keeping when there was no law? This is Romans 4. It's a, it's, a, it's a key thing. Look at verse 16. Uh, here it is. One of the most beautiful words in the Bible. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of who? Abraham. Who is the father of us all. He is our Old Testament example. Salvation has always been by faith. Through faith. By God's grace. Galatians 3. We'll finish there. Galatians 3. Verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. We see that again. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. 
and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. Who would be the heathen? That would be those that aren't Jews. Be us, Gentiles, heathens. Would justify the heathen through faith. Preach the gospel, preach before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, in thee shall all nations be blessed. Now let's stop Paul's and Park here because it says preached before the gospel. In the context of this chapter, it's the good news. That's what the gospel is. It's the good news. That's the gospel being used in its broad and general context that it's the good news. Abraham didn't hear about the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. God looked forward and saw that back in Genesis 22. But Abraham didn't. And Isaac. But God did. He looked forward to the cross. So, well, we're not going to go down this rabbit trail tonight. But I'll say this. You've got to when you see gospel, when you see the gospel, or you see salvation, or you see election, or you see predestination, or you see kingdom of God, or you see kingdom of heaven, when you see these phrases in the Bible, you have to run all of the verses. When you see angels, when you see elect, when you see stars, when you see you you have when you see baptism, you have to run all of the verses. And you have to understand a couple of things. Number one, there's always a general definition of a word. When you dive into a sentence or a paragraph or a chapter, now we get the context of that word. In other words, general definition is true all the time. But when you get into the specifics of the context, the context now will give you that specific definition. Salvation, in other words, it means to be delivered. Okay, but when we get into the context, are we talking about a salvation physical or a salvation spiritual? That's one example. In our context here, we get a general definition of the gospel. It's the good news. Other passages in scripture, you need to look at, okay, what is this gospel? What is this good news? Is it the gospel of the kingdom of heaven? Is it the gospel of grace? Is it another gospel? Which wouldn't be good news? It would make somebody a curse. Abraham didn't know about the death, burial, and resurrection. But you know what he believed? The gospel. What gospel? The good news that God told him. He believed that. And that's why he is. And that's why he is our example. All right. Onward. Uh, verse number eight. Uh, at the end, it says saying in the all nations. Be blessed. And then verse nine. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful 
Abraham, for as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. All the law does is bring a curse upon you. For it is written, cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. What do you give to a proud person who refuses to believe God? You give them the law. As soon as you see a little bit of humble, humbleness, what do you give them? Grace. The principle in the Bible is law to the proud, grace to the humble. Lost men and women must humble themselves before a holy, righteous God. God became a curse for them. God became a curse for you. And if you can show someone that they're not as good as they think they are, by showing them just one little part of the law that they broke, now you can show them in James 2 they're guilty of all. If you can get him to admit, okay, look, you, you, you've told me that you've broken this law. You're guilty before God. And you know what God did? He became a curse for you and for me. But that may, no man, verse 11, is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. You know, Abraham never saw one tablet of stone. He's a beautiful example of salvation by faith when we look back into the Old Testament. He didn't see one law. He saw, okay, move on. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant. Yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not into the seeds and as of many, but as but as of one and to, and to thy seed, which is Christ. One seed. We are the by faith seed. Abraham's got two seeds. His physical lineage and descendant. And then his by faith seed. We are by the by faith seed. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law, which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Christ confirmed the covenant of salvation. And God will impute his righteousness to anyone who will trust what he said. And the law is not going to disannul. So when the law came, faith didn't go away. It's always of faith, by grace, in Christ. Say that in your mind with of faith by grace in Christ. 
verse number 18. We'll do a few more verses and then we'll be done. Bible says, verse 18, for it, for if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. God's imputed righteousness was a covenant between God and man. How do we receive it? We've said it many times. You believe what God said. Christ was part of the covenant because it would be confirmed in him. Skip all the way down to verse number 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. People say, well, I think Old Testament salvation was by faith and works. Well, here it says you can't have righteousness by the law. Now, it was for a purpose, but didn't impute righteousness to anyone. Verse 22, but the scripture hath concluded all under what? Sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. I know I'm hammering this over and over, but we've got to get it. Of faith, by, uh, by grace, in Christ, you've got to believe that. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up under the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us into Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for you're all the children of God. Here it is. What does it say, guys? By faith in Christ Jesus. Praise the law. Praise the Lord. The law can only bring bondage. That's it. Only thing it can bring is bondage. It cannot set anybody free. We are part of the covenant of freedom. Because by faith, or uh, we believe God through faith, it's by grace. We are in Christ. Why? Because we believe what God says. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.